hitting record. Today's episode is a book stack episode. I'm going to try this. I've been thinking, really need to just focus down a little bit on books. One way to do that, of course, is just to do one book per episode, which I'm going to do. When I finish different books, then I'll do a book, not really a re- review, but probably more framed as like takeaways from that book rather than setting up this thing where I'm trying to summarize the whole book and have it be comprehensive. That can be kind of challenging. So I'm hoping that I can develop some segments for the different books. I do say segments as in like TV show segments. Like I have this book called Late Night. I think it's like Late Night Comedy Writing, something like that, which is great, but also I'm not a good comedy writer. I'm not a good writer or like aspiring to be a comedy writer or like a TV writer. But I think that there's a lot of good lessons in there that could translate well to putting a podcast together, especially a solo podcast that Wally and I I will always have this. (laughs) I will always mention this, that Wally and I will make episodes in the future once we get our schedules in line. And I think something that we could do is maybe like a once a month episode just to talk about the things that we made the previous month that way. It won't really have to be super structured, but there will be just enough structure because we can just talk about each piece that we made. I say piece like they're articles, but maybe each video, long form video, short form video that we made. And then, oh yeah, but back to this point, sorry, just kind of got away from the whole point. I could do the full, I will do full episode videos or podcast episodes, but what I'm going to experiment with right now is a book stack episode. So this will be takeaways from a few different books around a single topic. I did try some episodes that were kind of centered around some pop culture thing. I did a Terminator episode, which I still want to edit. I think that one actually turned out okay. The Mortal Kombat one was maybe not that great. I think those have some potential. They can be fun, but I just need to do more upfront writing, more upfront planning to get those to improve those. I did think back to the different things that I made. And one of the ones that I did do a bunch of upfront writing and was pretty happy with was the slam dunk contest creativity lessons. So maybe I'll use that as a good example for something I can do that starts with some kind of fit. Not that, not that it's fiction, but just some kind of like fun pop culture thing and then pull lessons from it. Anyway, Back to this book stack, so I'm just going to talk about creativity. I was doing the reason that I, I was going to do this episode that was about this three by three practice that I've been doing, and then I started looking up quotes, and then I thought, okay, I'll just talk about these books instead. The exercise that I'm doing that I have been practicing is this three by three thing. I've explained this on a podcast before, but it's just this drill that I like to do every once in a while, and I started doing it again. So it's where it's like an information diet review. So I'll think of three things that I've read, watched, or listened to in the past day, usually past day, past couple days. Then I write one topic from each of those and try to pull a lesson out, like abstract it one layer, and then try to write for each of the sources something related to that topic, that mental model lesson tool. I don't know the exact word to use for that, but... As an example, I just put this together on Twitter and I'll just run through the exercise, like the results of the exercise that I got. So just as an example of this three by three, it's a three by three grid 
left side is sources, and then the columns are the models, mental models, lessons, tools. So as an example, the three books that I had here, or the three sources were How to Change by Katie Milkman. This is a book that I'm reading currently. Then the other one was My First Million. This is a podcast that I listened to this morning. The guest this time was Andrew Wilkinson. And then another source is I I bought a PS5. I bought the game Returnal because I want I bought the PS5 because I wanted to play this game after watching some videos of it. And that's another source. So the source can be a fiction source. It doesn't have to just be like non-fiction sources. Then on top, I for how to change, she talks about the power of changing locations. So changing locations is one of the topics. Then from My First Million, he talks about fixing his burp. He couldn't burp and he had this operation so that he could burp. And I guess there are, like, we don't burp for nothing that if you can't burp, then you have bad acid reflux problems. And the topic that I pulled from that was that he had, he says he had a huge increase in happiness, like 25%, something like that. And this is someone that's a multimillionaire, probably like eight figures, maybe nine figures. And yeah, just talks about how happy he was after being able to burp because it fixed the acid reflux problem. And it just goes to show like you don't have to like all the happiness doesn't come from his business success. And this huge amount of happiness came from fixing his health. And you can argue like, Oh, he had the business success so he could do this operation, blah, blah, blah. But that's kind of indirect. And just directly fixing your health is something that you can do and just focusing on higher leverage things can be good. And then the last topic was build awareness. So this is from Returnal and I'm not that far into it. So these aren't really like spoilers, but it is this thing where you kind of wake up, you don't know where you are. And then every time you die, you kind of wake up and you just, you have to orient yourself over and over and over. And the idea here was build awareness. And I'm not going to go through this whole thing. I kind of spent too much time talking about this thing. I wasn't going to talk about, but this three by three practice. So then I go back through the sources and try to connect the sources to the topics from the other sources. If that sounds confusing, I know that'll be like sound confusing. This works better in a video, but for something like build awareness, I, I pulled that from Returnal, but then I try to make a connection to how to change by Katie Milkman. And for build awareness there, I said that the full title is how to change the science or the full title is how to change the science of getting from where you are to where you want to be. And that relates to build awareness because you need to be aware of these two things, where you are currently and then where you want to be and having good definitions of those, having a clear understanding of where you are and then a clear understanding of where you want to be and what it takes to get there are important to be able to change. And on both uh, sides of those, it can be more difficult than it seems. There's plenty of people without self-awareness. I'm probably lacking plenty of self-awareness in certain things. And then knowing where you want to be, what are your real goals? And the connection here with Build Awareness, I made a connection to my first million this podcast and they talk about I mentioned that Andrew Wilkinson is a multimillionaire and then Sam Parr is also a multimillionaire and they just have this discussion of where you want to be what is your number each of them hit a number that they thought they would be like their life goal and then they found out oh there's still like more to do there's other levels that they want to get to 
they're not ready to just retire and chill out. And it is that idea of like that chilling out, retiring on a beach is for some people, but not for everybody. And that's the whole where, where you are to where you want to be. Where do you really want to be? And that's, that's a description of this practice. The three by three, I'll make some videos or it, I don't know that it translates that well to a podcast and like just audio. But the cool thing with this is after you do, you can imagine the three by three grid. Each row becomes an outline for talking about the source. So I could do a quick, I, I don't know that it would turn into a full episode or anything like that, but then each column becomes something that you can look at for the tool with three examples from different sources. And it's helpful. It helps it, what I think it does. And that was why I wanted to do this episode that I'm trying to get into and it's nine minutes in. But yeah, I was thinking about this practice and wanted to it, like share it. And when I was thinking about like how to share it, people would probably wonder like, what's the point of this thing? A big thing with creativity is connecting different ideas, finding ways to use things that you know in novel ways and creative ways. When people say like creative ways, it's unexpected ways. That's why a common thing is that people find constraints as a breeding ground for creativity, because when you're constrained, then you have to think of novel ways to work within those constraints to kind of break out of those constraints. And I'll get to the books now. The first book is Creativity by Mihai Csikszentmihalyi. We did, Wally and I did an active recall episode. One of our first ones, I think it might have been the first one, Autotelic Exotelic, was about his book Flow. But he also has a book called Creativity. And in it, he talks about the five steps to creativity. The first is a period of preparation. The second is a period of incubation. The third is insight. The fourth is evaluation. The fifth is elaboration. And that's not the direct quote, but the, he, he breaks these down. And then what I think is good, I just like talking about, I'll, I'll just try to talk through these different steps in the creative process and how I have been trying to go through these in the current work that I'm doing or like the current videos that I'm making, my attempts on Twitter and different things that I'm drawing and making. So the first is preparation. What he says is it's becoming immersed consciously or not in a set of problematic issues that are interesting and arouse curiosity. And this is kind of just a passive thing that I, not passive, but it's something I do now that's just a part of my day is following my curiosity, reading books, listening to podcasts, that kind of thing. Then incubation is where the ideas churn. This is the subconscious. And this is where they say, like, once you take a shower, that's where all these good ideas come. And I don't have, like, a, a great analogy right now, but it is just, like, you're inputting all this stuff into a blender. It's going around in your head. And when you're reading, when you're awake and active and doing that kind of thing, it's just kind of being forced in there, blending all together. And at some point you need to stop that process and pour it out. Not the best analogy, but the third component is insight, aha moment. Actually, the, here, this is the, he's, he talks about Archimedes and the Eureka moment being in the bath. And I guess I just use like the shower thing, but I guess these, these two are sort of these things that you're not where there's nothing that you're doing deliberately here. So second phase and third phase is incubation and insight. 
I guess you could be deliberate about making sure. Well, yeah, yeah. So the deliberate thing that you're doing is taking rest periods, going for walks, taking the time to not continue inputting. There, there's this. James Clare talks about switching between writing and reading. When he is having trouble writing, then he'll go and read. When he thinks he's reading too much, then he'll go and write. And it's a nice thing. But there's also the period where you're not doing anything, and that can be good too. So that these ideas can become something in your subconscious. Then fourth component, evaluation. When the person must decide whether the insight is valuable and worth pursuing, this is not every aha moment turns into things worth sharing. So having some filter, some set of things to. I, one way to do this is just putting it out there in the cheapest form that you can. Like you don't want to have an idea and then think the only way. That you can validate it is by writing a ten-page essay on that idea to find out if it's worth pursuing. That's expensive. So something I think of often is the this is from like Lean Startup. It's what do I want to learn and what's the cheapest way to learn it? And if it's validating different ideas, one you can just try to do it yourself, just without putting anything out there. I've just been finished. I've talked about this book, The Art of Online Writing, and the argument in that book is that you should just put all your ideas out there to be judged publicly, or a, a lot more ideas than you think, and then you'll get feedback, and that can better help with tuning your filter to just filter those things out before. But if you have a good process for sharing those, and I guess to cut that short, it's like Twitter is a quick way to share ideas without having to. Risk very much time or effort or just your reputation, I guess. And then the fifth and last component is elaboration. So this is where you're actually like, okay, this is a good idea. People have shown interest in this. I'm going to create my thing, whatever your thing is. I think I'm making this podcast right now, and I am just talking about like a general concept of creativity. I didn't quite validate this or anything, but I know that. I have, well, I, one thing I am doing is starting with book quotes and books. So, in that sense, that there is some validation there that these ideas, someone decided these are worth publishing. And someone else, the author, decided that they're worth pursuing. So, this is kind of leaning on someone else's filters. And he says about elaboration, it is probably the one that takes up the most time and involves the hardest work. So, yeah, so making the podcast. I've started to make videos again. I'm starting with shorts. These are just 60 seconds. The thing with the shorts is to make sure that they are short for me to make. Where like in the past, I have made some shorts that were just as hard as making the long video. So it kind of defeats the purpose in some ways. But these just putting things out there, seeing like oh, what conclusion is people like seeing other people use an iPad. Then the other thing that I make, I have been trying to make, are Twitter threads. These are Twitter threads. These small essays on Twitter. These involve hard work. I, for whatever reason, I can't change. I'm trying to change my mindset around it. The whole community challenge that I'm participating in, called Shift Thirty for Thirty, is supposed to be just about getting that practice in and realizing like no one cares that much about what you're putting out there. So just put it out there, write the essay. You don't need to revise it very much. Just get the reps in, get the practice hitting publish. But I'm just like, so 
in my head about it. Like I, I'll hit publish on this podcast on YouTube, my blog, but then maybe it's just like I have some people that I follow that follow me back and I admire like their work and I w- would want to, I just like picture them seeing the things that I put on there and thinking like, oh, this is stupid unfollow. Anyway, that's kind of overthinking things. But next book here about creativity is Creativity Inc. So this is a book about Pixar. And the quote that I have here is, creativity has to start somewhere, and we are true believers in the power of bracing, candid feedback, and the iterative process, reworking, reworking, and reworking again until a flawed story finds its through line or a hollow character finds its soul. This is, yeah, Pixar is very collaborative, and this book goes deep into the different processes that they have and the people processes, hiring, and then taking it, taking the movie from idea through all of the different iterations, the rework that they're talking about, dailies, reviewing dailies, and then finally getting to a release. And it has led to just Pixar is really like, they're known for consistency and not just like consistency in releasing something on time when expected, but consistently high quality work and just this emphasis on reworking things, getting feedback and reworking it is inspiring and also something that I could probably apply more to this podcast, but yeah, just reworking, reworking, reworking. And what I want to do, I guess like I have been recording more podcast episodes, so that is getting the reps in. And I guess the reason that I like podcasts as a medium is that Maybe it is just like, hey, the expectations are somewhat lower than, well, certainly lower than a feature film, but I could do more to, I don't want to record multiple times, but I could certainly rework the outlines, rework the different segments and, or like start writing different segments and then try to polish it that way. Like I, I, I've decided I don't really want to do like the high, I don't want to do a lot of editing like the post-production. I would much rather focus on the planning and do the reworking there than doing it in the editing afterwards, adding sound effects and chopping up the audio and telling it a narrative that way. And that's just like a personal preference thing. And maybe it does end up in worse results, but I just won't finish things. I just kind of won't finish things. I've, I just know that it stresses me out. That kind of stuff stresses me out. The kind of diverged stuff. It starts to feel like too much like work where it's like, oh, let's refine this in the editing. Everything is made. Let's, let's do it that way. Where again, I like, I want to, I, I have been listening to effortless and soundtracks. Both of these are like positive thinking books and looking for ways to, make things easier without reducing the value too much. And the thing that I enjoy is planning and then actually doing the recording is fun as well. So I'll just share this other quote from Creativity Inc. that I thought was good is craft is what we are expected to know. Art is the unexpected use of our craft. That's the end of the quote. And that goes to what I was talking about earlier with creativity is that it's the unexpected use of things that can lead to creativity it's like the joker using a pencil as a weapon john wick using a pencil as a weapon that is you 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 could start to call that art creativity where 
craft is, I think something I think of often is like Photoshop, Figma, these design tools where you learn, you can learn all the different shortcuts, things like that, so that you can do the craft like quickly, but then the, that doesn't directly lead to creativity that I can teach the shortcuts to anybody, but I can teach how to use the tool, but then the value is in the thing that you're making, uh, something, something like that. Anyway, uh, actually one last quote here, just cause I, I came across it. So from creativity Inc, he's, this is about Steve jobs. So the quote is that was part of why Pixar made him so proud because he felt the world was better for the films we made. He used to say regularly that as brilliant as Apple products were, eventually they all ended up in landfills. Pixar movies, on the other hand, would live forever. That's the end of the quote. That's one of my favorite quotes, and I like couldn't find it, so I was happy to come across it. It's, it reminds me always that I should be reading more fiction. I read a lot of... I think I've done a little bit better... Uh, a little bit of a better job with this, just like consuming different fiction, like being okay watching TV shows and movies, that that's a worthy use of time is to be entertained. And then also to try to entertain other people is a completely good use of time, even a better use of time than making some tools that people don't use that don't really actually help people do things. Not to say like that's all tools or anything, but to think that movies are a waste of time, making movies are a waste of time, like that's hogwash. <laughs> They're some of the best things that will live on for much longer than a lot, any any physical things that we're making. So yeah, just like that quote. And it's just a reminder I need to finish reading Musashi and move on to some other science fiction books. Then the last book here on creative conf- or on creativity is actually there's two more books. So creativity, the book here is creative confidence. And the quote from this book that I have here is our version of the alternative to negative speech patterns is the phrase, how might we introduced to us several years ago by Charles Warren, now salesforce.com senior vice president of product design. That's the end of the quote, but I, I could have just said like, Oh yeah, this book, introduces how might we i know that how might we now is kind of this trope i think maybe like mba students make fun of it and design students make fun of it but it's super useful it's just like the super useful tool i wish it wasn't like this trope because now i'm self-conscious when i use it but it's just great for reframing problems and approaching problems because it is just it it kind of disarms people who shut down ideas very quickly and can be just a question that helps open up like there has to be an answer that's the i like the spirit of the question that there is almost always an answer that starts to come to mind and yeah it's just like how might we blah 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 so it's this thing like oh if i'm saying i don't have time to make anything not that I feel that way, like I have plenty of time, but it could be like, how might we, or like, how might I find ways to create content with a limited amount of time? And then I guess like asking myself that, which I probably have done in some form has led me to really focus on the podcast just because it's the most fun thing to make. It's pretty time blocked that if I have 30 minutes, I can do the raw recording. And then from there, it could be just maybe another 30 minutes. 
that I can make something like somewhat useful, somewhat valuable for the world, at least like the small world of like whatever my small circle of influence is. But I mean, it's valuable for me too to just like work through ideas that I can do that in an hour where like writing an essay writing like a long blog post makes me terrible, like a terrible person to be around. And just, I I just don't like myself as much and like how I behave it. I get like too stressed out by writing long essays and just don't want to do that so much anymore. So I want to figure out how, how might we make the podcast more useful or that that's something that I am thinking about. Like how might I make the podcast a more useful thing to be making and what what does that mean? I don't know. I guess like that's where the question comes in. And it would be like, oh, well, it should be, of course, like infotainment. So informative for someone and entertaining for someone uh, that's listening. And there's different ways to do both of those things. So picking things that like information that I want to spread. So I think starting with books is a good idea. And then the entertainment part would be like trying to connect it to things that people can relate to with, I guess, some personal stories. This episode might be too many, too much of a like personal perspective, but yeah, just figuring out ways to do that. And then also like, how might we, how might I make this valuable for myself? And I think that would be like, Hey, how, like start thinking about different ways to build up an audience so that with a larger audience, getting more feedback, that just all loops together and then that can improve the show and it's it just works together uh larger audience more feedback should hopefully make the podcast better but maybe not maybe that would end up being like oh now i'm scared to actually like hit publish if uh, people are listening to it like strangers that i don't know instead of my close friends anyway so the next thing from creative confidence there's this uh cool thing video prototyping some tips this is just probably for me to use when i do youtube videos but seven tips work from a script number two use voiceovers as a shortcut number three get organized with a shot list number four pay attention to lighting and sound number five be mindful of visual rhythm and pacing number six get early feedback and number seven shorter is better so I'll just uh, move on to the next thing. That, that was like a pretty long list for me to say out loud. But that can probably also work in many ways for the podcast. Then last quote, just about creativity. So this is a book uh, by Ray Dalio, someone very smart, much smarter than me, in his book Principles. And this was kind of the first quote that I thought of when I was talking about like the three by three practice. And I think this would be somewhat persuasive about why the three by three practice is worth trying out yourself. So the headings on these are, or like there's letters here, E and F. And I know that the book is organized in like different sections, but I don't have it handy. But anyway, these two things to be able to do, this is just about running a, like running a meeting and having a good conversation or having like a useful meeting. And he says, E, navigate between the different levels of the conversation and F, watch out for topic slip. So that's the end of things here. Actually, I'll read E. He says, when considering an issue or situation, there should be two levels of discussion, the case at hand and the relevant principles that help you decide how the machine should work. You need to clearly navigate between these levels in order to handle the case well test the effectiveness of your principles and improve the machine so similar cases will be handled better in the future. 
that's the end of the quote. And yeah, this is just talking about navigating between levels of conversation where, yeah, at the top level, there's just principles. And this kind of relates to the three by three thing where I'm trying to abstract like an idea from a book to something that can be applied more broadly, where it was like build self-awareness kind of that, that was like the abstraction from the book that I was reading or that I, maybe it was a podcast. But then, yeah, just being able to go up to principles apply it to some of the lower level things and then just be able to shift between those things is a good skill to have. And then the other one is watch out for topic slip. This is random drifting from topic to topic. And <laughs> this is very much what ends up with the podcast. And that's something that I need to watch out for is like going too far off into a tangent, especially for these solo episodes. Like no one, like it doesn't make for a good episode if I'm just um off somewhere like way off topic and it's it's harder to follow that kind of thing i think like uh topic slip is fine if you're doing like an interview show especially like long form ones joe rogan lex friedman like these are entertaining because they've let the topic slip quite a bit so this does remind me of one other thing i started listening to the book inventing the future i think that's what it's called by blake harris and should have double checked that, but it's about the creation of just a lot of like VR history, like modern VR, like leading up to Oculus, the Oculus Quest and other like VR hardware. But I should, I'm going to look this up. So it's a uh, DOF, six DOF and three DOF for VR. So this is degrees of freedom that the early versions have three DOF, which is, yeah, degrees of freedom. And then the big revolution was good six DOF. And this just, I'm trying to create this analogy about just being able to navigate topics and conversations or whenever speaking and moving between these things that to go up to the principles and then down to this other thing and then to move laterally left and right to other topics and to relate these things. That's where a lot of creativity can happen in writing and writing is foundational to making videos, making podcasts that getting good at that will be good for whatever creative pursuits you have. And of course, like VR reminds me of John Carmack and one of the best books, Masters of Doom, where they just talk about like (laughs) even, even earlier than VR, which is just regular 3d and that a big thing there was i took it for granted that being able to just look up and down where that was very novel at some point and yeah i was like oh yeah and doom you just look like left and right and you can move forward but you can't like move your head up and down so that was something someone had to like john Carmack had to figure out at some point and anyway that's that's the end of this episode on creativity, these different books, Principles by Ray Dalio, Creative Creative Confidence, Creativity Inc., and Creativity. A lot of books with creative in the title. Uh, thanks for listening. Text me, leave me. I like I don't know where. Yeah, just text me if you have any topics that you think could be good for a book stack. Maybe something like more specific about creativity, or or just anything else. And I'll probably take the time to do an episode right now, do things that don't scale, that sort of thing. Thanks for listening.